This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. So welcome friends to this week's Freedom Fighter Podcast. I am really excited to be starting this new series called Transformed. Transformed says it's to make a marked change in the form, the nature or the appearance of something. In the Greek it's a metamorphosis. It's like the changing of a caterpillar into a butterfly. That this whole complete change can happen. So, you know, we're going to be asking some questions about is this possible? How is it possible? And we're going to start by um, recording some interviews around some notorious characters that seem beyond hope, um, with the goal of offering you, the listener, hope that transformation is possible, that you don't have to remain the same, that you don't have to stay stuck, that transformation over treatment is possible. And really what we're offering is telling stories. You know, your story, like anybody else's story, can be changed. It can be rewritten. Um, so first up is going to be my good friend, Charles Savage Kingsman. It's a, a re-release. We've done this recording for our At The Cross event. But it's that powerful that I'm going to release it as a single. And he's telling the story of the miraculous changes that have happened in his life. So, Charles. Charles Savage. He was a bit of a boy, was he, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Terry. Uh, it's a pleasure to get to share my story, yeah. especially Easter. Yeah. You know, when uh, we come up to Jesus been dying and been raised to the dead. But to talk about my story, I was involved in a lot of stuff. You know, drug addiction for an early age. Mm-hmm. I was dyslexic at the school, yeah. so I didn't fit in in the the normal school setting. So I went to the streets to kind of get my acceptance and I went deeper and darker into a lot of stuff and uh, I was involved in a a gang who was involved in drug dealing, I took drugs myself, they all saying you don't get hang your old supply but I did and a lot of us did and I took different drugs to what my my gang took and uh, that wasn't like so I had to hide that. Uh, I was involved in violence with other gangs and, you know, oh, lots and lots of crime and in and out of prison a few times, uh, failed relationships, lots of stuff there that I was involved in. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very happy now that I'm through that period of my life, mm-hmm. that I'm now free for that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's great that we've got a chance here to reflect upon our journey because I had a part in that journey. And I've just got to take you back, Charles, because I was—I remember when I had this change in my life, I was in your mum and dad's house, we stayed in Coenham, and I had a really, really good connection with your mum at the time, and I was in sharing with your mum, and uh, you know, I was sharing things with your mum, and what happened that day, I remember, I've, I've heard you say it many times, but we've never actually had a chance to sit down and go, you know, reflecting. What was that like for you that day? Well, I remember knowing you about Colin and Derek, and I knew your brother Peter, mm-hmm. uh, and I had had implants in, run about that stage when I was in Colin, and uh, when I had the implants in, I was trying to stay off heroin, mm-hmm. and I like to say my battle against addiction was absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. I was fighting, for I was 21, 
until I was 32 to get clean. Mm -hmm. And I, I was in, I tried all the psychiatrists. I tried most of them in Ayrshire. I couldn't help any of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I tried most of them in Ayrshire. The man with the golden pen. Yeah. I was on scripts. I went to Narcotics Anonymous, which I praise God for. I went to a rehab when I was 21. And I also had implants and naproxone implants. And what that does is it blocks you mm -hmm. for taking heroin. Mm -hmm. So at that stage, when I was cutting about co-winning, I was really trying to get well there. Mm -hmm. And the meetings had worked in a way, but I'd never totally surrendered. Mm -hmm. My wee mum, God bless her, would have run for John O'Groats to Land's End to help me. Mm -hmm. And she did. She took me to meetings. And, you know, I thank God for that. But I never totally get free to later on in life, mm -hmm. you know, when I, well, just when I met you, mm -hmm. it was around about that time. But the implants was a part solution because it stopped me from taking one drug. Mm -hmm. It never changed my heart. Mm -hmm. It never changed my attitude. Mm -hmm. It never changed the fear. And it never changed the reputation that I had. Mm -hmm. It never changed who Charles Savage was. Mm -hmm. It took a part of the solution as you cannot use heroin. So that was a dark time for me. On that, I thought it was freedom, but it wasn't. It. At, at that time, I was uh, on methadone and I'd been snorting cocaine. And uh, I'd came to my mum's and I was up the stair and I'd came down the stair and you were reading the Bible. And I quite liked you, but I knew I was like, that wee guy can talk, you're like me. You can, <laughs> you can yap, you know what I mean? And you come in and you were sharing because you'd found this freedom. And I said, you know what? I wouldn't mind what he had. He's happy, you know? And that morning I had to go down for my methadone to the chemist. And you were in the kitchen with my Bible. And you said, it says in there, the truth will set you free. <laughs> right? And I'm thinking the truth. My truth is I need my methadone. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. See, not that long after that, when I was at my meetings, that word that you spoke was in my heart. Because I started to get honest. Yeah about where I was at and I, I came to the end of my cell and I'd nearly died taking cocaine mm -hmm. and I was in 12-step meetings saying the truth will set you free. <laughs> <laughs> I was meaning of seven deaths and seven valley yum-yums at the time. <laughs> and it's amazing that I started speaking that out and I started getting honest and then when I met you again, I actually met the person who is the truth, mm -hmm. the way, the truth and the life, mm -hmm. the person that we're celebrating this weekend and mm -hmm. we celebrate every day. Mm -hmm. The person that unlocked the door of my heart mm -hmm. to bring total freedom. Mm -hmm. That man is Jesus. Amen. So, after that situation, I remember meeting you up, Cohen and Toon. You were obviously involved with the spiritual uh, principles of the, the 12 steps. Yep. And you were seeking a higher power. I remember your conversation with me. So I then said, how do you know come to church with me? So I was at the yep. Cornerstone Church in Cohen. And... Uh, there was this special speaker coming from America, a guy called Walter Harlem from Lamarck, Texas. He was coming, and I remember phoning you, saying, Charles, maybe this guy will have a word just for you. Right? Mm -hmm. No one had a clue yeah. what I was saying, but I said yeah. it. And then we get in the meeting. What happened that night? Right. Well, at the time, for me, when I was going down the 12 steps, uh, for me, it wasn't Buddha or anything. It was, it was God. And I'd, I'd remember, I was a wee boy, Jesus was God through the Bible, through the BBs. Yeah. But I'd confessed all my sins in the 12 steps, so I'd had a real experience. But I hadn't been reading the Bible, and 
I just opened myself right up. But when I met you, you said, there is one God, God's God. Why don't you come down? And the 12 steps are brilliant for saying, help anybody, not just addicts. The principles are great. They said, help anybody. And I said to you, well, they need the chairs put out. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying, I come down and help. Yeah. So I went down that night and, oh, wow, man. There was a, my pal, Alec Muir, was there. And I knew he was a colourful character for the past. I liked him, I respected him. He'd been a, a drug dealer, he'd been a punk. And I saw him and I looked at his eyes and I'd saw the change in you. And I thought, wow, man, he's either high or he's high on God. You can see the change in him. And he said that you're here for the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. he said to me. And I thought, because the meetings talk about a higher power, I'm thinking, he's changing the name tonight. He's no why to talk about Jesus. But it was the Holy Ghost. But I thought, aye, um, because I was there to, to actually know me. I'd already asked God, as I believe, opened up to ask God in. But that night, God did something far greater in store for me. Mm. You wouldn't believe what happened that night. Yeah. I went into that church, and Alec was lifting his hands, and I'm going, they're mad, because he was starting to talk to Jesus, and he's going, thank you, Jesus, and all that, and I'm watching you. But I love to dance. I was a break dancer back in the day when I was cutting about and spinning my head and right involved in a lot of stuff. So I love to dance. And in that church, they were quite happy, 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 and they were, they were dancing, they were kind of, it was upbeat, it wasn't gloom and doom, yeah. you know what I mean, it was a different atmosphere, yeah. no, and I went in, but when the guy started to speak, that was the difference, that was where the rubber met the road, mm. when he spoke, because I did psychosis, Derry, I'd, I'd had hallucinations, where I'd saw the devil, I thought he'd put a hit on me, I'd even told my psychiatrist that, I'd seen a lot of demonic, or a lot of psychosis stuff, and this guy started speaking, and he was American, and he was saying, there's one person in here, he spoke on the prodigal son, mm-hmm. being in the pig pen, mm-hmm. and that the father loved him. Mm-hmm. And I had been doing things in my life, violence on others. I'd been doing, you know, my wee boy I loved, and I just wanted to be that better to that wee son of mine. And I could be because addiction had stole from me. Mm-hmm. The 12 steps was restoring me, but I needed real power. Mm-hmm. And that night I heard about a man who had the real power, mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he kept stopping there. And he's stopping because you were there. And he's saying, there's one person, you know who you are. God, the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And he is saying to me that you are here. It's finished. The devil has stole from you. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, how does he know that? How does he know what's been happening in my life? Mm-hmm. He has put an assignment on you. He said to me, and he said, I thought he was speaking to me. Because yeah. it felt as though I was the only person there. And there was maybe 200 people. Mm-hmm. And he said, he's going to, God, you know who you are. You're going to come out tonight for prayer. You're going to receive Jesus as Lord. You're going to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. You're going to, in fact, God is going to, this one person, God is going to restore to you the years that the locusts had eaten. Mm. And I knew locusts, I didn't know a lot of scripture. In fact, I hardly know any scripture. But I knew locusts killed everything. In my life, everything had been nearly wrecked and mm. destroyed. And he said, when you come out, the prodigal, when he come back to the father, he get the treatment of love. He never got what you body bad things you've done, even though he'd wasted his life, and that's what I'd done. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had to go at this this part of the journey was surrender. Yeah. This part was 
asking Jesus in, and that's yeah. what I done. I went out for prayer. Yeah, and I mean, there was no doubt. I mean, I'm sitting next to you. Uh, you know, and maybe some would think, oh, it sounds as if it's just mental manipulation, but, you know, I'm sitting next to Charles, and I'm thinking, what is he going to be thinking? Because I have said to him, this guy could have a word just for you. Yeah, you did. You and did and he was, definitely. There was really a, such a sensitivity in the, in the guy, Walter Harm, speaking, because he was really, he, he says, look, I, I've really got a sense. It was such a setup for you that night. Yeah. He was actually stopping his message yeah. and kept speaking. Mm-hmm. And he kept, it was as though God was drawing him. I know that now because I've heard the Hopper sermons, mm-hmm. but he was stopping writing his message mm-hmm. and saying, you know who you are. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no way, how would he know that? Know. And it spoke right to my heart about yeah. my situation, exactly where I was at at that time, uh, and told me about a loving God who was welcoming me with open arms, who was going to shower me with kisses mm-hmm. and was going to take me right into his house and into his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And when when they, they, they call it an altar call, it's an invitation to come out. I, I, after that message, I was even going to sit down because of fears in that. And I seen you saying, come on. And you, you shouted me up, but that wasn't a manipulation either. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go, mm-hmm. and I just needed that bit of encouragement. And when I went out, they all in the church started to pray mm-hmm. for us. And I opened my life up, my heart up, and I said, Jesus, come into my heart, mm-hmm. forgive me, mm-hmm. fill me with your spirit, and I'll serve you for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And it was, honestly, I thank God for the 12 steps, but the experience and the love that poured into my heart that night and the power, mm-hmm. The power to turn back to the gang I was involved in mm-hmm. and tell them I'm finished. Mm-hmm. The power to walk away from everything that was wrong in my life. Mm-hmm. The power to, to feel loved mm-hmm. and totally, totally forgiven. Mm-hmm. I'd done a lot of bad things and I'd shared them. But that night I knew the price had been paid. Mm-hmm. That night I knew that something had changed. I remember lifting my hands up and I started shaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And after we walked outside, I was buzzing, absolutely buzzing. I'd paid £500 a night in crack and never felt like that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. There's no high like the most high, they say. <laughs> and I came out and I said to Big Alec Muir, that was some buzz, big man. And he went, I said, I was rattling like a cat in a tin roof because it was shaking. He went, that was the Holy Ghost. Mm. I went, if that's what it was, I want Mary because mm. it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. And that's what I've done. I've sought, I've sought and he's taught me how to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been a huge thing in my, le- my life, Del, mm-hmm. teaching me how to read so I can read his word and, mm-hmm. and deal with stuff in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like to just go back because another massively important part to, to know my suit is about the impact it had on you and yeah. others with, with the amends and the restitution that you were, t- the steps that you very deliberately uh, took. What about that story with, with the women in oven? Yeah, well, a scriptural reference for amends is Zacchaeus. Okay, he gave two thirds back. I'm glad that, that I didn't have to do that because I'd have been still working on it just now. But amends is a process. And in the 12 step, they tell you to write down the people you've harmed mm-hmm. and then make amends except for when to do so mm-hmm. with injure them and others. But I had the Holy Spirit after that. And I prayed and I still worked around about with people that the program and that. But the Holy Spirit led me in many amends. There's shops, chemists down in England that I broke into that I went back and made amends to. Uh, I'd used my name Savage and the name Kingsman. Mm-hmm. I made amends for that. 
uh, and, and I had to choose what national insurance number, a two national insurance number, and I had to choose what one, one of the amends I made, I don't want to get the lady to uh, bring her up, but I'll say uh, there was a lady in Irving and which stole something from somewhere, uh, and I went back to the house and I felt the Lord saying, go and speak to her and tell her, you know, you're sorry, and if there's anything you can do, that's the way you usually do an amends. Uh, and I prayed about it, and I'd moved back to Irvine at the time, and I went to the door and I said, I'm really sorry, but this thing went missing, and I was involved in it, and I'm, I've changed my life, and uh, I just want to really apologise, and if there's anything I can do, you know, I, I don't want to go to prison, but this is what, I'm putting my hands up to what, what happened. And uh, she said that the thing, that it was a bad thing when that had happened, but she said, okay, just go on with your life, son. Love your, love your kids and keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But then she said, I was blown away because usually amends is just about you and the person. Mm-hmm. You're not there to preach to them or anything. But this woman said to me, is he real? And I said, is who real? And she said, is God real? And I said, he is. If he, if he wasn't real, I wouldn't be here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm very sorry for what I've done, but he is real. Mm-hmm. And she said, I've got a friend who's a born-again Christian. And she's telling me about Jesus. And I said, well, that's amazing. I can assure you he's real and he loves you. Mm-hmm. But I'm really, really sorry for what I've done. Mm-hmm. And she forgave me. Mm-hmm. And I went away and my, my heart was just lifted, Derek. You know, mm-hmm. I've not done every single thing I've done, but I'm willing to make amends for anything I've done. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots and lots that, you know, uh, my family as well, my family's been restored. My brother-in-law who was involved in stuff with me, uh, he's new. No, I gave away a Rolex watch. It wasn't like the best Rolex, but it was worth a couple of bob. And I gave him, you know, a watch. And I said, God's got me out of that lifestyle. It can get you out of that lifestyle. And now he's years and years sober. He works in a rehab in Glasgow. And he works uh, in recovery circles, you know. My uncle, my uncle's uh, seven years sober. He's a light in the community. He prays with people. He's a 12-step man. But he loves it, and he's he's uh, sharing uh, a, a message of hope mm-hmm. to people every single week, mm-hmm. you know. And many others in my family. I don't like to make it too personal, mm-hmm. you know. But there's others in my family. One of my other close uh, family members two weeks ago just gave their heart to the Lord, and uh, he's on that recovery journey mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So the impact of my life has uh, spread mm-hmm. to many, many others, you know. And even the work I broke can change what, what I do what I do with them. Yeah. You know, I love that passionately. My wee sister, one of my wee sisters died, you know, when I was in addiction. And I just broke my heart that I couldn't be the big brother that yeah. I wanted to be, Derek, yeah. you know. But yeah. God has gave me lots of other spiritual wee sisters, mm-hmm. you know, that, that have came through for God. And I love my other wee sister, Candice, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Proud of you, bro. Your, your life example has uh, really touched and inspired and changed you know the real, it's been the real deal Charles and I, I've been thinking about it because MD who was way Jesus on earth the ones that really followed him went on to change the world that they yeah. changed they yeah. turned the world upside down so people listening you know there's that deep desire in everybody's heart to be of use to mm-hmm. benefit mankind to have your yeah. life mean and matter something to mm-hmm. who you are how you've lived it, to matter to somebody else and that is part of this, that, you know, when you, you come to God, he promises, you know, it's not like a bed of roses, but there's, there's significance 
in a life that's lived for others and live for him and live for others. Another question, Charles, would be where would you say the main change was for you? I'll share a wee bit about the change in my life. You know, the change in my life was very much in my character. I had to stop all crime. I got a job. You know, my attitudes changed. My desires changed. Mm -hmm. I had a passion for life. Mm -hmm. And I turned away from that was was wrong in my life. I stopped smoking. 30 days into into my journey. And, uh, you know, you encouraged me. I started to fast. Mm -hmm. The church I was involved in fasted. I fasted for three days. I had a wee wee slip-up with the food. (laughs) Uh, Not a biggie, but it was the first time doing it. Mm -hmm. But then three days into it, the Lord says fast bags mm-hmm. and I started fasting fags mm-hmm. and I was actually set free for smoking mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. God cleaned, cleaned up my language. I was no longer cursing folk and telling them I was going to, you know, set about them because I was a new person. Mm-hmm. So the change was very much in my character mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as I said, when I was telling you about making amendses, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I had used the name when I was on the run one time for the police I went away for two years and lived in Stevenage. I've got family down there and a lot of great friends. And when I was down there, I used the name Savage, which was my my mum's maiden name, and the name Kingsman, which was on my birth certificate, Charles Kingsman. And I used the two identities to elude the police Mm -hmm. so they wouldn't catch me. Mm -hmm. So I always had two identities. I could go out of the country with one name and uh, get charges under Savage. Mm -hmm. So... When I made this amends, I'd been praying and I'd been finding my identity in God. You know, and God was my new identity. The person that would run about with knives, the person that would uh, kick somebody's door in, the person that needed drugs every day was gone. And I was a new, new creation. And I was looking to look after my family. I was looking to get a job. I was looking to live for God. And when that happened, I, I ripped to them and I said, you know, this is what happened, and I'm sorry. So they said, we're not going to press charges. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) But you need to choose a national insurance number and a name. So, you know, I chose the name Kingsman. Mm -hmm. There's many folk in my family called Savage, and they're brilliant, and I love them. My aunties, my mum, and everything. It wasn't the name Savage that was wrong. It was my character that was wrong. And I felt that God had gave me that name, Charles Savage, Kingsman mm-hmm. is what I'll be called, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Charles Savage Kingsman is because now I belong to the king. But I, I'm really sorry if I offended them through it because that wasn't what I meant to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I love my family, but I just felt it was something right for me to do yeah. because that was my new nature. Aye. And, I, and I just think that the significance of raising that, but it was God's way of saying, I want to change everything that you've been identified with. Know, your, know the family, know the family name and the honour in the name. It was the, the things that were associated to you as a person over the years, the way you'd lived. You know, that was part of the restoration. Everything can, that I, was... can I... No, I just wanted to say there's things coming to me as I'm speaking. I was getting primed for taking over a business that was worth a lot of money in the criminal world. And I had to go and knock that back. I had to go and say, no, I don't want that, you know. And I, that, that took a lot of courage. And the Holy Spirit had to empower me to go and close the doors. And I had knives and I had access to all sorts of things, swords. And I got rid of them all and I flung them away in a place I don't need to speak about. They're all 
nobody will ever find them and they're away and that part of my life was gone, you know, and I get scriptures and I started to meditate on them and I shut the doors and I opened up my heart to God's plan mm-hmm. for my life. Can I just say as well, my, my, I'm, I'm free again, but I stayed in Kowinan for years and a lot of folk, we've seen folk from Kowinan come to God, but in Irvine, you know, we were called the Irvine Toy, which was thugs of Irvine. You know, and there was lots of us, and we all grew up, and we were involved in a lot of stuff as young boys do. Some of us went into deeper and darker things. But recently, we have seen, yourself included, Del, but around, around 12 people come out of Irvine, who's now born again, that's walking with the Lord. Plus, you've got all the other boys at the meetings. Mm-hmm. But you've got, even in my, in my uh, realm, the past two years, we've seen four boys come right out of addiction mm-hmm. and into a relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. off him the one scheme mm-hmm. in Irvine. Amazing. So the impact that God's having mm-hmm. is absolutely... And see, see that, like, there's a boy, Sean, and a boy, James Wallace and Inky. They're boys I grew up with, Derek. Mm-hmm. And for God to touch them, their parents are absolutely buzzing because mm-hmm. they've got their sons mm-hmm. and their daughters back because there's other girls coming mm-hmm. too. And that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what keeps me alive today, my wee family. Mm-hmm. I love my family, my dear wife, my kids, mm-hmm. but also... Then God's work, Del. That's what thrills my heart. Yeah, yeah, and it's amazing. I mean, this—that's the story. How your life's been made free. How how the, this work of Christ, this Easter message, the power within it that doesn't just deal with the outskirts of life, somebody's life. It changes their hearts. It restores their heart and brings that change of heart that's that that produces these kind of miracles. The miracle of actually saying sorry to somebody. The miracle of actually yeah. going and get a, an honest job. The miracle of then laying your life down for others and, and living for that, uh, yeah. for, 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 for seeing others getting rescued and pulled out, the, pulled out of the pits that, yeah. that we've lived in ourselves. Just to finish, something happened to you yesterday. Your email got hacked. Yeah. And in the midst of all this disturbance and disruption, then you phone Microsoft to try and to rectify it, but this was another false uh, organisation masquerading as Microsoft. They were all set up to deceive and to steal. I was thinking, what the heck? And just a day before we are recording, all that happened. An assault like that. But how you responded is really how you're encouraging others to respond. Maybe in the past, that's how you felt your life was like. Ducking and diving, hacking and doing the wrong things. But how you fought against and responded to that yesterday was, I need to get the truth. I need to, to deal honestly. I need to deal with the, the true companies so that I can get restored to sanity, restored to order, restored to peace. What kind of advice would you want to say to others? Well, uh, as I said, uh, yesterday was a tough day and it started for 2 o'clock. It started for 10 the night before as I was preparing mm-hmm. for this wee message. Uh, I got hacked and they've been sending out a lot of invitations for my friends to give them money, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought to come and for where I've came from and then getting that has been it's been testing. Mm-hmm. But last night, you know, I put my, my computer, my broken change computer in to get it, you know, uh, you know, restored to factory settings mm-hmm. and keep the good stuff. Yeah. Keep the good stuff mm-hmm. but get rid of all the garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just think that's so relevant that God does with us. Mm-hmm. 
he kept the good bits of Charles. Mm-hmm. I became a brand new creation. Mm-hmm. You know, I still I'm the same person, but I'm a different person. Mm-hmm. All the all the sins, all the stuff that 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 I struggled with, all the all the unforgiveness I had in my heart, all the things I'd done mm-hmm. to others, he forgave me and he made me brand new. He restored me to factory settings. You know, as in you know, he gave me, he paid the price for the wrong things that I'd done. And when he came in, that was enough for me to live yeah. this life, you know. So I would say to anybody who's out there, you know, coronavirus is out there and it's not, there's never been anything like this, you know. But there's also something that separates us from God and the Bible calls it sin, you know. It just means we've missed the mark. It means that we've fallen short of the glory of God. And I believe that God loves every single person and he does not want one to perish and to be separated. Mm-hmm. We've known what it is to be locked up for a couple of weeks. Imagine being locked up away from God for, and everybody forever and ever. Mm-hmm. You know, no, God doesn't want, want to go there. Mm-hmm. So that's how Jesus paid the price. Mm-hmm. He paid the price for us. And I would encourage them to hear in this, to open up their heart in this time of solitude. Go and, go and read your Bible. Get alone with God. Ask him to come into your heart. Mm-hmm. Or even if you've not got that amount of faith, ask him, are you real? Because I can tell you feel, mm-hmm. but it's better felt than tell, mm-hmm. you know. And let them into your life and turn away from anything that you're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And they will come into your life. And they will. It's the best thing that I've ever done in my life. And when I've seen others get it, mm-hmm. it thrills me. It absolutely thrills me. And their lives are always better with God in their life. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they'll not go through trials. Mm-hmm. But the best thing you'll ever do is make that decision to ask them in. To your heart. Mm-hmm. It's the heart that he wants. They guys wanted my computer. They probably wanted my money. And the devil wants your life. Mm-hmm. But God wants to restore. There's one scripture I'll leave you. It says the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly or have it to the full. Mm-hmm. That that wee, script, that wee uh, thing that the guy had said, he said to me that night, he'll restore to you, God, will restore the years that the locusts had eaten. I woke up this morning, even though I had a trial yesterday, I had a wee new puppy, I had my wee kids in the house, my beautiful wife, and I had God in my heart ready to do this today. God is not a disappointment and he will never, ever let you down. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.life. Until next time, God bless you.